0: Wins and losses are important, but I think it's also important to understand how you impact the game.
1: This is The Playbook. I am excited to have TJ Adeshola here. He's the head of USA Sports Partnerships at a small company called Twitter. And (laughs) TJ, it's great to have you on The Playbook. But, you know, I'm a traditional sports person. I ran the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. And if somebody would have told me who the players in sports would be uh, and compared to who they actually are here coming into 2022, you know, Twitter would not have been at the top of my list, but you guys are leading the way and would love to talk about, first, Twitter's role in sports for those who have been hiding under a rock and may not know it. (laughs)
0: yeah well thanks thanks for having me i'm super excited i think that's a compliment um because your point i I think i think about when i was in college and when i was getting my mba i didn't this job didn't exist i didn't even think that this was a path. so so to to be to to play a role within this crazy ass industry that is the sports industry a really important role man it's humbling and it's exciting to to me
1: you know, it's interesting because these roles that exist today, some of the best roles that exist today in sports were not even in existence. And, you know, when we used to utilize quarterback talent, we would talk about the talent of a Ryan Leaf or a Jeff George. That just told us the basement of what they would be, right? So, mm-hmm. a Ryan Leaf, but it's really your desire that determines your potential. And I find, you know, especially younger people who want to work in sports that their skill and knowledge is their basement. And so they need to work on those skills and knowledge, but yet their desire is still their potential, their open-minded, open-hearted, open-handedness, their ability to adapt and, and to move within the context of the sports world, which is an enormous industry. For you, what were the skills and the knowledge, the basement stuff that you did in order to effectuate so many different opportunities and including this opportunity in your career to have such a significant role?
0: Yeah, I, so I would say three, three key things for me. Um, and it's funny, like very similar to what you mentioned, you speak to, to people who are evaluating quarterbacks about or even students. One is be a student of the game. Like if this is, a, if this is what you want to do, You've identified this to be your path. You got to be a student of the game. Be a nerd. Understand the ins and outs, the X's and the O's. Who are the players? Who aren't the players? Where are the opportunities that exist? What types of solutions uh, make sense uh, for the challenges that exist within that industry? Be a student of the game, and that was that was something I took very seriously. Uh, and then two, like once you start to to take in that knowledge, once you start to study your ass off and and to truly be a student of the game and a subject matter expert, create a game plan, right? Because you've got all this knowledge now. Like, how do I actually apply this knowledge in a way that allows me to develop tactics to get to where I want to be? And then three, you got to shoot your shot. Like, what's the point of having the knowledge, having a game plan if you're not, um, if you're not planning to execute upon that? So shooting your shot is, is really important. If you if you bump into to, to to Dave Meltzer on an elevator, say something, right? Like shoot your shot, because that that interaction might be the interaction that changes the trajectory of of your life. So I, I typically refer to those three pillars uh, as really important uh, for people who are looking to to uh, to develop a career or to pivot into a different industry or that type of thing.
1: Yeah, you did a great job of explaining. You know, being more interested than interesting, that being prepared for opportunity allows you to have more options and more opportunities. And part of what you do is some pretty big collaborations. And you have to be more interested than interesting to select the right more partnerships and collaborations, uh, especially in dealing with very large sports entities, organization teams, leagues, et cetera. For you, the, some of the recent partnership renewals and other collaborations you have, which are the significant ones that excite you with your vast knowledge of where the future is going to hold content in sports?
0: It's a a really good question. A few, you asked me to pick my favorite child. That's hard to do, David. That's hard to do. But, but what I would say is most recently, uh, we've struck partnerships with the NBA, with the NFL and NBC sports uh, around the the previous Summer Olympics and the upcoming Winter Olympics. So those three have been anchors for us. Um, When we think about innovation and disruption, the NBA has really leaned in to new ways to democratize the game and to get their game to as many people as possible. The NFL is uh, a really, really powerful organization that understands the value of its IP in a way that many properties envy. Uh, we've leaned in really heavily with them, and they've done incredible work on our, on our, on our platform. And, and NBC Sports is the, the rights holder around all things Olympics in the U.S. We've done some really, really cool things with them. Uh, so I would identify those, those few, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the WNBA. We've, we've partnered with, uh, with Kathy over there, who's the, the, the commish. Her team is credible. They have a bias to disruption. They have a bias to newness. They want to do shit that gets people talking and gets people excited. And that's, those are the partnerships that excite me when you're beyond the status quo and you're looking to do something that excites fans, that excites existing fans and new fans. That's when we get to do cool stuff. That's when you do stuff that breaks through, that hits the group chat, that hits the group text. Those are the types of, of partnerships that get us, that get us pretty, pretty excited. I mean, recently, last year, um, and partnering with the NFL, they said, we've been doing the Super Bowl a very similar way over the past few decades. How can Twitter help us disrupt that? And we put our, our heads together and somebody was like, when the champions and that confetti comes down, right? Why don't we put individual celebratory tweets on those pieces of confetti? But that's exactly what happened. Patrick Mahomes hoist up the trophy The confetti is raining down on them and each of these individual pieces of confetti were tweets tweets from him saying that when i when i went to the super bowl i'll go to disney world and those those types of things they, they turned into tweeted into existing moments and that was cool for us and a lot of people were talking about it so those are the ideas that get us excited in addition to to helping our sports partners generate revenue on twitter we have a, a really really solid and turnkey monetization business and um, yeah, man, like we, we coupled the cool stuff with the revenue stuff, and we've been able to develop a pretty cool business over the years. Yeah,
1: and it's not easy to have that great reconciliation of great ideas that are monetized in sports mm-hmm. and content of sports. So it's a real gift that you've done. it. in fact, you, know, you mentioned so many different tentpole moments uh, listed out, but I still want to kind of double back on the Super Bowl because I'm sure this year you have an even bigger and better plan in a new stadium in SoFi in Los Angeles, uh, a great stage. I think the Super Bowl commercials were record price and sold out in like I think twenty minutes. Um, so, you know, there's going to be an incredible distinguishment in content that uh, with the popularity of the Super Bowl, with what's been going on the last two years, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of noise. How's Twitter planning on breaking through that noise? And once again leading the way in the conversation about the biggest game in sports.
0: Tell you Dave, I feel like I need to take a nap thinking about it because in in the span of 14 days, we've got we've got the Super Bowl and NBA All-Star, right? One is in LA, one will be in Cleveland. And we have a role to play in, in each of those events. A really important role to play in each of those events. Not to mention um, the bar is putting tweets on Super Bowl confetti, which had <laughs> never been done before. So we're tasked with, with, with exceeding an idea that was super cool and innovative, but we very much welcome that challenge. So we're having, um, we're having syncs with the NFL and our cross-functional stakeholders on a daily basis to make sure that we nail it that we have a, an action plan in place and the tactics make sense. Uh, our old boss, is the CEO of Sofi, Anthony Noto, and I shot him a text yesterday. I'm like, "Hey, man, I might need to call in a favor pretty soon. Don't, don't, don't ghost me. Don't leave me on red." So we uh, we're starting to lay the the foundation to to ensure that we're set up to to develop something really mind-boggling, really awesome for for not only the Super Bowl but but um but uh, the NBA All Star Game, and in a few weeks prior, College Football National Championship too. So. Uh, Q1 is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a sprint, but we are laser focused on delivering really cool and disruptive ideas and and concepts that get sports fans, sports leagues, players, athletes, teams, coaches excited.
1: You know, sometimes we take uh, two steps forward and then one step back. And one of the areas of disruption, which I like because it's a core competency of mine, it's a superpower of mine, which is audio. It's not just because mm. I have a face, a face for a radio, but uh, audio <laughs> itself. <laughs> audio itself is very disruptive. There's, you know, from Cuban to Clubhouse to all types of entrepreneurs are hitting me up uh, because of the audio experience that I have and situational knowledge in audio of, you know, understanding how to utilize audio as you know the up and coming popular way to converse to discuss you know, which is truly a superpower of Twitter. So I know you guys created Twitter spaces in sports um, and there's a component to have a live audio conversation. You know, how how did that come about and how important do you think audio will be in the future?
0: Yeah, one thing about sports fans as you know, Sports fans don't mind talking a little talk. Uh, they particularly don't mind talking a little shit, right? Yeah. So, um, so spaces has been this format, this feature that sports fans have become obsessive about. Um, the beauty of sports. One of the beautiful things about sports is there's so much community, like inherently built within sports fandom. So, if you're a Knicks fan, it feels really cool to hop into an app that you've been using to converse about. Uh, with other Knicks fans, and actually have like live discussions around around the teams, the leagues that you love. A trend that we're seeing a lot of is halftime. People are hopping into spaces at the halftime to recap the first half and to speak about what they'd like to see occur in the second half. Um, so the feature is really, really uh, ripe for 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 the usage that we're seeing, which is up and to the right. Um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we launched a feature called uh, Voice Tweets, which allows you to pull up a tweet and actually record something uh, and tweet it out. And we saw really, really, really fascinating use, uses from people on our platform, which then evolved into to what you've, you've noted as, as spaces now. Um, every major league is tested with spaces or is currently doing it. NFL does one a week. NBA does one a week. Major League Baseball, MLS. WNBA has been incredible on it. So we're seeing adoption across every major league and rights holder in sports, which is cool. And it allows you to, to be human. It allows you to reduce some of the friction that exists between fans, leagues, teams, and athletes. So we're excited. We've seen my man Kevin Durant hopping, um, Aaron Rodgers Rogers in spaces, Jarvis Landry, uh, the whole 9 we, we, We've seen a considerable amount of adoption and uh, we expect that to continue. These sports leagues have been on Twitter for years, for a decade plus, um, and they've worked really hard to develop a following. They've worked really hard to develop um, people who have an affinity for that particular property. So now, to be able to engage them in a very different way than you have in the past by leveraging live audio is really special. It's really special. Last year during the NBA Finals, we we reinvented the press conference and the NBA had Chris Paul actually taking questions via spaces as if it were a new age press conference. Um, Those are the types of use cases that we get really excited about Uh, with ESPN. This past week, we have a feature called ticketed spaces, which allow publishers or users to to sell a ticket to a space. And for the Jimmy V. for for Cancer Research Foundation, they were like, well, why don't we sell tickets to enter the space for cancer research? And that's exactly what they did. So we're seeing really cool use cases. We're continuing to, to build upon the future and we're excited about what the future looks like. And we got to get you on one of those things. So you tell me, tell me when you're ready. We'll, we'll get we'll, you locked
1: in. We'll get it, man, for sure. We'll get Jake on that. And uh, just real quickly though, you know what I love about you at such a young age and I tried to do this at a young age was to utilize not only the success that I had, but the relationship capital and impact uh, for good. And, you know, whether it was I was working with the Clemente family, the Robinson family, uh, you know, of course, you know, Warren Moon, uh, inclusion, equity, diversity has been at the forefront of my career to have an impact, to use what I feel is the most equitable experience that children have, which is sports, where everyone is an equal, that we, we have a common bond and you know, no matter what socioeconomic, religious, cultural background you have, you know, from the time the Olympics were created, it was about equity, inclusion and diversity uh, to, in the name of sport. And you chair the Blackbirds. You are a 40 under 40 kid. You have the MIS uh, as well, which you're a member of the minorities uh, of sports. You know, how important is it to you to use your access and influence? I. Hate to call you an influencer because I completely think you're an ambassador, but to use your ambassadorship uh, to affect change—something more significant than just winning ball games and talking
0: shit. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for making me sound young. I appreciate that. And, uh, I feel like I'm this 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 podcast got me on my Benjamin Button. I feel younger by by, by each minute that passes. So thank you for that. Uh, when you're I'm as old as me, me Justin, you're young, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I, I routinely say I should probably trademark it is um it's, it's beyond the box score. It's bigger than the box score. I think um it's in, wins and losses are important, but I think it's also important to understand how you impact the game, right? And, and and impact sometimes doesn't necessarily get reflected in how many points you scored or how many rebounds you had or or how many touchdowns you scored. And for me, impact looks like Providing a bridge, being a conduit to people who look like me, people who may not have had the chances that others have had to, to work in this amazing space that we call sports, man. Um, diversity and inclusion is important to me. The sports that we consume and love and talk about on a day-to-day basis are not a monolith. They're not homogenous. You see all types of cultures and creeds and colors and shapes and sizes represented on the pitch, on the field, on the court. And our industry has lagged in being a reflection of that. So, as far as I'm concerned, I have a job to be the best TJ that I can be for Twitter and for uh, Jack Dorsey, Jack well, as of last week. Uh, but I also have a responsibility to make sure that I'm creating a path for others who um, may not have had access to the space. So, I realize that I. I have privilege in my role and that privilege needs to be, to be leveraged to, to provide opportunities to folks who, again, look like me. If it weren't for some of my mentees and some of my big bros and OGs in the industry, if it weren't for me having an opportunity to read about your story and hear about some of the impact of work that you've committed yourself to for the entirety of your career, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I want to be here and I recognize that. So I take it very importantly I know if I don't, my mama will smack me in the face, right? So um, I, I, I have to be held accountable. And that's something that I, I, I ask of the entire sports industry, man. It's, it's table stakes and it's important.